Hi, I'm James McGuire, and on today's eSpeaks, we're talking about developing software using artificial intelligence tools, a huge trend that's profoundly reshaping the creation of software. In particular, we're looking at some of the security concerns around using AI and software development. To discuss that, I'm joined by uh, Demi Benary, CTO and co-founder of Penarays. Demi, very good to have you with us today. Thank you very much for having me, James. So I think before we get started, I'd like to get a little, the, the elevator pitch of what Penarays does. Of course, there are people that are familiar with Penarays, but for those who don't know it as well, what does Penarays do? Okay, Penarays actually helps uh, all of our customers globally from the smallest companies to the largest enterprises in the world to manage the third-party cyber risk management portion of their business, meaning all of the third-party interaction that a company has both on the digital aspect and also the physical aspect and to manage the cybersecurity risk that is imposed by the new perimeter that had been created by the third party relationships. Right. And, and of course, that's big these days because there's so many. I mean, I, in a sense, the tech industry is just one another series of, of third party relationships laid on yet another series. Everything is API related. Everything is third party. Exactly. So it's, a, it's, it's big these days. The whole the whole world of software supply chain you know like the aggregate uh, services that we're using and the whole conception of, of people technology people of uh, 20 years back i would say like 30 years back we're a safe silo everything is on a data center right and uh, we're safe that whole world broke okay because yes. you're using third-party services practically for anything especially like you said in the world of machine learning and the new evolution of ai this is like ChatGPT, like we spoke about that in the past. This is the new world, okay? And the adoption of these technologies, we can't stop that. We need to embrace it, I would say, but in a secure manner. And this is like a really, really tough, tough, tough situation. And uh, it's a struggle. It's a daily struggle of most developers and especially security practitioners. Well, the, the bottom line there is that what it means is with that old world gone, that old world of the, of the siloed data center being gone, what that means is that we live in a world now where we are very, very, very interconnected. I mean, we can't, we can't get away from it. We're extremely interconnected. Right. I yeah. agree. And think of it that any developer today that wants to write software, it doesn't really only confine to, to AI, uses external packages for practically anything okay from the open source that you're using and again you would reflect that also to the world of ml and ai that have open source models that you can use and there's the flip side of commercial services like uh, you know it was open ai right now it's sort of like a combination of microsoft and also in partnership with them and you have the other uh, csps the cloud service providers like google that are offering uh, services like bard okay and for us as, as a consumer you can take that as something that is really productive and, and me, Demi, right? As, as the home user that uses that, it's so much fun. <laughs> you know, it's a conversation right. with somebody right. that might be almost a human being, right? But eventually when you're looking on a commercial aspect, especially in the relationship between B2B companies that usually you need to provide a new commercial service right now for your customers using these services, this is like super dangerous because eventually right now you don't know what type of information you're passing or your employees or developers are passing to that service? What are they doing exactly? Nobody takes liability. Really, if you read the fine prints, uh, they tell you, don't put confidential information in these tools, right? Right, right. Afterwards, of course, who gets access to that data? 
And again, all these threats, we need to combine that into the whole portion of doing proper risk management on, on privacy, security, different kinds of domains. Yes. So you, you've pointed to some, some potential security threats in using artificial intelligence to write code. A lot of companies, of course, are very eager to use AI tools to write code because it, it, it dramatically speeds up the process. Let's talk it through, you know, briefly some, some of the risks of, of using AI tools here. Cyber, cyber threats and third-party security management, you've talked about that. Can you be explicit in what, what you mean there? Yes. Okay. So at first, let's look on the, I, I would say, first vertical of actually like leveraging other companies' abilities to have the new ability of AI. As an example, we mentioned the uh, the GPT technology that uh, OpenAI created with the uh, ChatGPT and the other types of services also that they're providing. Eventually you take a bulk of your data to query something through a model that was trained to a general purpose one, right? Really sophisticated one. It really costs a lot to actually train that model and also like keep that alive in the inference level. and without doing a lot of analysis and data crunching on your end, you're creating, you know, like zero to hero capabilities with so much ease, right? But also eventually think of it that you're passing your information to that entity. I'll give you examples, okay? Right now, think of it what happens if a, a developer takes all of your code, sends it to ChatGPT and says, fix this. Mm -hmm. Right mm -hmm. now your IP is on the premises of another company. You don't know right. what's happening there. And you right. don't know if your competitors have access to that also. Sometimes even if there is context that is saved, especially because it's a general purpose, general purpose model, eventually a competitor of yours can query that context. And again, you need to be really cautious of not creating this type of a, a situation. Right. And they can infer from that maybe again, where you're at and how you're creating your own technology. I know it sounds like, wow, these are like so many steps, but think of it that everything is automatic, okay? It's not like a person that will be evaluating code. It's a machine. Mm -hmm. They do that pretty quickly. And especially right. the access to different kinds of information is really, really easy right now, even like generating code. Because of that, it's like generative AI, right? I call that advanced search, like search plus, 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 because eventually the whole aspect of general uh, generative AI as it is today really relies on what type of service you're asking. Bard and uh, ChatGPT, they right. reveal different, uh, you know, like results due to the fact that they were trained on different data sets. And even like right. the evolution between ChatGPT 3.5 and 4 is around the information that they were uh, trained on and also the historical data, right? There was the perception of, yeah, the world finished for ChatGPT in 2021. Mm -hmm. And right now they've expanded it to today. This was the, the the change around the, you know, the new capabilities that they've introduced lately. All right. So there, there's a number of security concerns there. But the question is, how, how can companies address these concerns? That's a big issue because I think AI is still a really very new idea for some companies. AI itself has been around for years. We know that. But there's been this newest surge of interest since 2022. Companies are still grappling with how to do this. How can they address these, these, these third-party concerns? Okay. So first of all, usually when you have a, an onboarding of a new capability, and especially I'm reflecting that from the way that I see the industry and also how customers are using the services of Panarays with the technology, okay? Mm -hmm. So you have to have some kind of audit process, or I would say like a, a good man in the middle mm -hmm. that helps 
to onboard these types of services, especially when there's a developer or okay that wants to uh, develop a new capability because the product wants to. Okay, there right. is some kind of uh, structure to that, right? An architecture the design review that has to incorporate data privacy and security. Okay, we've we've spoken that and all of the different kinds of regulations and standards in sure. the world of secure software development mandate that. So there is a new world right now that not only uh, security vulnerabilities that are introduced to your code via a software supply chain, there is another portion of AI that you need to take in uh, consideration. Okay. It might be, first of all, a piece of code that you're uh, right now introducing or an API like ChatGPT that you're leveraging. Right. And due to that fact, understand how it actually influences your new perimeter. As an example, if I am a Google Cloud shop, meaning I'm using the services of Google Cloud, right, right. now, a developer says, you know, there is a cool new feature in ChatGPT that was introduced to the world. I want to leverage that because it will save me six months of development. Awesome, but right now you're you're expanding your perimeter to a new cloud service provider. And you have to, to take that in consideration both on the legal aspect, commercials, how you're introducing it. Usually they you know try to be cheap and not take the paid version. And right. there's a difference between the paid version of ChatGPT and the open one, right? Of course, yeah, yeah huge difference. Even, even, the regular one that you're having a prompt right now in your web is totally different than the API, but somebody needs to be the gatekeeper. And but, but, by the way, this is a, a tangent. Out. You think that the API one is far superior in your, or is, is the browser one almost as good? It's not opinion. about superior. It's the way that they actually flow the information and what they have in their commercial agreements when you're using both. Because right now on the web one, as a, as a B2C customer, right? and not specifically like mentioning that, nobody says anything about who's doing what with my data. When right. you're using the API, buying a subscription to a specific token with context, they they at least like claim that they do not share your information with other entities and you're in a silo because you're paying, you have a tenant that is a bit different. Very Again, we said about ChatGPT, there are a ton of other services, AI21 and other types of companies that are also offering similar capabilities you have to read the fine prints because then okay. unless you have some kind of like legal credibility and liability, you're just throwing your information to somebody. And I must say also that another option that I'm, we we also did that at Panerase when we started like leveraging LLMs and other capabilities of AI inside our product with developers, mm -hmm. right? There is always the challenge, either take the general purpose engine that was created on, you know, uh, trillions of parameters or take a smaller open source model okay it might be hugging face or something like that that have multiple models and also it can be um, a variety like llama okay by uh, meta and other types right. of open source things that you can you know take that pay money for the inference level that actually runs servers to to hold that model so right. it's a bit more expensive on the short term but you're not exposing your information to any other entity because the model is self-hosted, right? And you're mm -hmm. keeping your privacy in a, a bit higher level. I won't say it's, you know, totally like secure and everything because nothing is totally secure. Right. All right. Well, I want to make sure we, in the limited amount of time we have, that we get to the idea of Panerase itself. Mm -hmm. um, 
I know, obviously, you're, you're, you're a co-founder, uh, if I'm correct in that. How, how is Panarays addressing the security needs of its clients? What's, what, is, what is the, the sure. difference with Panarays? Okay, so at first, the whole uh, interaction, the context of how our customers are working with the third-party relationships is actually what we start from on the audit process end. At first, it, we've created actually an engine that actually looks on every company in the world and can assess its security posture passively without installing any entity, doing actually like reconnaissance like hacker would. So all of the technology pieces that we can identify from the outside and try to unveil the attack surface of any organization, mm -hmm. this is the engine, the, the core of Panarays, which you start from. And also the relationship, uh, sending out security questionnaires, interacting with the third party, and also creating efficient remediation plans in the context of how our customers are working with any specific service is also something that is facilitated through the platform. So eventually we've created like a one-stop shop for our customers to manage all of their third-party relationships, understand the context, okay? And also create an efficient way to, to do business. So it's not a thumbs up, thumbs down, I'm working with them because right. some, most of the times business mandates that you have to work with that entity. <laughs> no matter what we say about Microsoft, right? They're an amazing company uh, about their security posture, I mean. Sure. And the business owner would like to onboard them. It's for our customer security practitioner risk managers to create the facilities around that to facilitate the deal for them to be able to use the product in the most secure manner. And that's how we actually help our customers with full automation, okay? And again, mm -hmm. customers that, that have... It can be from the higher dozens and hundreds of third-party relationships. These are the smaller companies. And the larger enterprises have sometimes like 300,000 third-party relationships. Think of it that without full automation, you won't be able to actually achieve anything. Right. All right. I'm sure there's a market for that. Um, I, let's look at the big questions. Let's look at the future about where we're going with, with artificial intelligence and software development. I know you, you look at it partially from a a security standpoint. So please answer the question from the security standpoint, if that works for you. But of course. what is key milestones we can expect in the years ahead in terms of AI and software development and, and, and some of the security issues? Okay. So at first, I think people are trying to uh, are already starting to understand the potential risk that is imposed with these relationships. Okay. Right. And especially right. the uh, larger corporates and the, you know, companies that are more sensitive with their information already started from understanding that they can't use external APIs and they want to a self-hosted okay, version of any of these models. They know mm -hmm. they will invest a lot more money in the matter of facilitating these processes, but they're used to that because eventually the state of mind is the same as using a SaaS or an on-prem solution. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of self-hosted is the similar to whatever is on-prem. And then you will have the gray area, okay? In which, as an example, looking on the data privacy aspect, how to implement the solution might be the core of your information, your IP is saved on a self-hosted model in a smaller scale. But mm -hmm. when you want to maybe take a general purpose engine like ChatGPT, you will filter that data, expose only what is not confidential, and create something in the chain of development that eventually ends up of not exposing confidential information, right? So it's basically taking the information, analyzing that, and you will literally start seeing more roles in the world of prompt engineering, okay? Right, right. Because eventually the whole aspect of who does that 
it's not exactly the data scientist. This was the evolution of the data engineer and the uh, database administrator. Right, right now, it will be somebody that also knows how to facilitate data, filter whatever is relevant, look on the security and privacy aspect, right? And also on the efficiency. What well, I want you, to I'm sorry post. to interrupt. If I, if I ask you a question about the, the prompt engineer, I know there's yeah. a real, it seems like there's a mania for, for prompt engineers now. There's, there's job openings and people are, are looking at that and training in that. Somehow I think that particular job is going to be short lived like that because when more people get used to it and the, you know, and, and the platforms themselves are easier to use, we won't need um, prompt engineers as, as well. Agree, disagree? Uh, I don't totally disagree, okay. uh, but, but there is a big but because the technology is evolving so fast. We're saying right now that it's called, uh, as an example, uh, a prompt engineer. Right. Tomorrow, if the technology evolves and this whole role can be also automated, right, due to AI, a new thing will evolve right now because the evolution of the technology will happen much faster. As an example, okay, uh, even the world of DevOps, if I look on it like way, way back, it evolved from ITME administrators and, you know, like people that do infrastructure. Right. And then it divided to types of DevOps, okay? Production yes. engineering, right? Yes. So I think it will take a twist. I don't know exactly like when, if it's a year from now or two or maybe 10, mm -hmm. but eventually the whole world of prompt engineering is the new, I would say glue between data science, data engineering, and also the evolution of whatever is happening in the manner of like combining a AI capabilities in various ways. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Demi, I think you said it. It's going to be a really interesting sector to follow in the years ahead. A lot of changes is, is coming up. Uh, I very much appreciate your sharing expertise. Come back and thank talk you. with us again sometime. I would love that, James. And thank you very much. And uh, have a great rest of the day.